welcome to the Dr. James Show. I am Dr. James Smith Jr. and welcome to season two. Welcome to season two. That's right. We're back for another year of the show. A little backstory on the show. We were intent, intended on doing the show at the Pyramid Club live, studio audience. It's going to be on Mondays at six o'clock. That was our intention. And then the pandemic. So we pivoted, we shifted, and we brought the show to you virtually. And as a result of being able to do it virtually, we're able to do what we're going to do today. And that is have six guests who are from all over the country, my international family. So I'm looking forward to, to bringing them out and I'm looking forward to a phenomenal second season. We were in the green room talking before the show and I was getting all teared up because of the guests we have. These are people that I've met throughout my, my journey, my professional journey, uh, both in the States as well as internationally. And I just can't wait to bring my international family to the Dr. James Show right now. So why don't you guys come on out? Looking forward to seeing you and looking forward to getting into our conversation. Yes, we have Peter Prava, we have Femi Akinyemi, we have Raymond Honig, we have Magdalena Ang, I call her Mags, we have Anders Kinding, Kinding and we have Patricia Morley. Wow, what's up, family? Hi. <laughs> Good hello, hello, hello. Uh, Femi asked me before the show, the Dr. James, now, how are you going to do this in order, organically? I gave him a side eye. Come on, Femi. Come on now. Come you on did, now. You know, <laughs> I got this. All right. What I want to do initially, though, a little structure, ask each one of you to introduce yourself. Tell us where you are and what you do. Ladies first, start with Mags, who you are, hey. where you are, and what you do. Hi, I am Max. I am actually based in Singapore. And I am currently a product marketing lead for APAC at LinkedIn. All right. Thank you. Good afternoon. I would say good afternoon, but it's uh, midnight where you are, right? Exactly. But this is normal working hours for me. <laughs> well, thank you for staying up. Patricia from the Bahamas, tell us who you are, what you do. And I already let the secret out. You're in the Bahamas. Yes. Hi, um, my name is Patricia Morley. And I'm the senior manager for training and development here at the Princess Margaret Hostel in the beautiful sunny islands of the Bahamas. And it's actually very sunny. So weather is good right now. That sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Raymond. Well, uh, good, good afternoon. Uh, at least here it's evening. My name is Raymond Honig. I'm from the Netherlands. Uh, and I'm doing uh, two types of job at this time. I'm uh, a chief financial officer for uh, the Masters Group, which is uh, a consultancy firm. Uh, and part-time, I'm also still teaching uh, because that's that's what I love to do. All right. Thank you, Ray. Femi, the smooth operator. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, James. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm based in the United Kingdom, and I am two things. I'm a business consultant. So my job is to go into businesses and help them deliver change. Change gets messy and I go in and I help them deliver change smoothly with a smile. But also I'm an executive coach. So I coach people and help them achieve the maximum potential in their careers. And I do that and I host a podcast. So um, 
I host the You Unleashed podcast, which you have been a guest of, <laughs> and as well as I own the Unleashed Academy, which is an online academy for helping people with their careers. So, so, so Femi, when busy? do you sleep? When do you sleep? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you said sleeping is overrated, right? Sleeping is overrated. Well, I've learned that it's not now, but yeah, it's um, <laughs> the older you get, the more you realize you need that sleep. But yeah. Oh, you're so young, man. You're so young. Wait yeah, till you join yeah. the club. <laughs> Peter, Peter, good afternoon. Or for you, I'm sorry. Good, I would good say happy morning. morning. Happy morning is the word. We've just passed midnight back in Malaysia. I'm from Malaysia. Wow. So you just passed midnight. Uh, well, uh, I will probably make it a little joke about it. I'm a, basically under Ministry of Leisure now, which means I've retired from the corporate world. <laughs> so I call it Ministry of Leisure. But uh, nevertheless, I've gone into corporate consultancy work. I'm also an executive coach. So I go out to do some corporate trainings and stuff like that. We have, so a, lot of, busy. We have a lot of wisdom here. Executive coaches, leaders. Anders, talk to us about you. Yes, hi, I'm Anders Sinding. I live in Stockholm, Sweden. I do leadership training and leadership coaching. And uh, my father, he was a teacher and the pupils called him the, the butcher man due to his, uh, so I'm the butcher man's son <laughs> trying to get uh, leaders to behave in a more appropriate way. And we don't have any sun yet here, but the, the spring is beautiful with all the cherry trees blossom here. So. Uh, I love I love Sweden in the spring. I love it. I love it. I love it. Listen, I'm going to ask you guys to pause for one second. I have some alumni love that I need to do. We decided to, for the show, to bring back our alumni and find out what they're doing. And our segment today, all of 30 seconds, features Bob Weinhold. And after the alumni love segment, we'll come back and dive into what's happening in your life. Let's take a look. Bob Weinhold, how are you doing, my friend? Welcome to Alumni Love. We decided to check in with alumni from the Dr. James Show to see what's going on, new, powerful, compelling, and we decide to knock on your door. So something tells me something pretty powerful is happening in your life, right? Absolutely. Dr. James, congratulations on a year of your show. Such a great thing for you and the viewership that you have. Since appearing, I've had a great time watching all of the episodes and getting to know the guests. For me, Leadership Pacing, my firm, was acquired by Velocity Advisory Group at the beginning of the year. It's allowed me to take my clients and have greater resources and me to join a world-class team called Velocity Advisory Group. I met their CEO 15 years ago in Central Florida, and for the last 10 years, he's had this incredible firm with great people all over the U.S., and we provide top-level consulting strategy design and Yes, my bread and butter executive coaching to many people all over the country and all over the world. It's a great opportunity, and I'm so excited to be with them. Well, I, I wish you the very, very best. I know you're going to continue to do great things because you always do. And know that there's always a spot for you to come back to the show. Take care. Thanks so much, Dr. James. Alumni love. Alumni love. Look forward to you coming back as an alum in the future.
So let's, let's dive into the, this conversation. Uh, question, and whoever wants, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. Uh, Max, let's start with you. This sure. pandemic we've been going through and still are in the midst of, what was the impact on you? What was the impact on Singapore? Tell us a little bit about that. And then uh, we'll get ready to go second. Same question. <laughs> well, I think the pandemic definitely rocked Singapore. And for me personally, I see a lot more time that I am able to spend with my family and my close friends. And I realized as well that we don't need a lot in order to be happy. We actually need to look within ourselves for that inner happiness. And I think on the general whole, in Singapore, it's really small, like, you know, from one end of the island to the other end, as you know, because you have been in, in Singapore before, it's only 45 minutes. So we need to entertain ourselves. And so I took up a lot of like, you know, different activities, like learning how to do floral arrangement. And I learned how to brew like a mean coffee. So mm. I found it like very entertaining for me, actually. And, um, and what, no. what I know about Singapore is you guys follow the rules. So something yeah. tells me that people did what the government told them to do without question. Yes. So for sure, I think that we followed the rules. And I think that that has never come at a more at time than during the pandemic where we made mask wearing mandatory. We also limited the number of people that would be able to gather outside. And given like, you know, all of these people following rules and everyone doing that, we actually managed to get the pandemic like under control. So, so I'm really grateful for like the government for stepping in to really control the crowd there. Wonderful, wonderful. Ray, how about you? Impact the pandemic had on you, business, family? Well, uh, I think uh, as for everyone, it had a, had a big impact uh, uh, because I remember when it started around the 14th of March last year, uh, it looked like the, the world stood still on just on one, one, one flip of your, your finger from the first day to the other day. And uh, business-wise, uh, in the Netherlands, we saw a lot of companies who were scared. Uh, uh, so they, they immediately stopped ordering products uh, 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 send people home uh, on vacation, uh, and then after a couple of weeks, it, it, it was getting better. But then we had uh, a second period, and now we are in a third period, like a complete lockdown. Uh, what it changed for me is that uh, just like you, I I, I used to travel a lot. I'm 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 always on my way, and uh, I haven't traveled for uh, six, seven, eight months. I think if it isn't that long, so. That means that, uh, uh, well, we have a, an evening clock, which means we have to be at home at nine o'clock. Uh, well, they just stopped last week, mm -hmm. which means I, I'm a lot at home. And uh, uh, to be honest, it's really, really nice. Uh, <laughs> Good, so answer. It Good answer. Good <laughs> answer. No, it's uh, yeah. I, I know she's listening, but uh, no, it, it's it, it's really nice. And and what also happens is that uh, uh, I think it, it changes my view of. Uh, spending more time with uh, the people you love and the things you want to do in life. So uh, it really helps you to step out of the red race. We're all working yeah. it's working and assignment and studying and, and getting the best out of yourself, et cetera, et cetera. And now it's more, uh, it's more family time. It's more being around people you love. Uh, think about the time you want to spend on, on, on people and stuff that's really important. So, That's good. well, 
what I try to do is see uh, what what you're able to do in this period instead of uh, what you're not allowed to do anymore. Right. Because uh, our government goes really from left to right. To right. I mean, uh, it's it's well. I don't have the the solution, but uh, I think they make some some big mistakes. Really. Wow. Wow. Anders, I see you nodding your head about family time and and, and making the best of it. Impact on you. Yes, on the family side, we, I haven't been able to see my mother. She, she's 92 years old for more than a year. But actually, this Friday, I will go seeing her for the, because I now get one shot of the vaccine. So I will dare to go there. Uh, and also, we have not met with our grandkids. So, so the family life has been very limited to me and my wife. So we have uh, made uh, daily walks and, and trying to eat good and, and not getting too close to other people. On the work front, it hasn't changed a lot actually in Sweden because Sweden has not uh, locked down for any time. We have kept the schools open, which I think is generally very good. We, of course, there have been some re restrictions on, on the bars and restaurants and, and traveling, of course. But most of the um, reg rules and regulations has been on a voluntary basis. And people yes. have tried to follow it more or less good. And we have been successful in, in this work, except for the elderly care. We, we're, and I, I really can't blame COVID, but COVID made us realize that we have not, up until now, spent enough efforts on the elderly care because a lot of old people died in Sweden during this mm -hmm. pandemic. But that was more that we have, we didn't uh, staff the, the old uh, uh, people's homes with, with, with uh, medical expertise, et cetera, like they do in our um, uh, countries around in, in Europe. So th that was the really, really big sorrow and big mistake. Otherwise, business has been going on in Sweden. People have worked from home and, and all the people like me who are doing training and coaching, we have swept from uh, live uh, coaching to, to Zoom coaching. And of course, you get some time squared in your head, sitting eight <laughs> hours in front of the computer. But we realize it works. It works. It so does. Um, it, does. It's, it will be very, very interesting to see what will happen now in a couple of months when, when uh, normality is uh, regaining. On, on, if people are so happy working from a distance that they, they will stay at home, I think so, at least a couple of days a week. Wow, wow. Patricia, you have played a, a special role with regard to the pandemic at Princess Margaret Hospital. I, I believe you were on a committee that played a role in getting the vaccine out. Oh, yes. Um, that was the National Strategic Plan Committee. Um, it's called COVAX Committee. And myself, along with two colleagues from the Princess Margaret Hospital, um, Sandlands Rehabilitation Center, which is a part of the Public Hospitals Authority. And we joined our colleagues from the Department of Public Health um, to come up with a training um, manual so that those teams that are responsible for the rollout can be trained in advance. And also the training team can also supervise 
the vaccination team. And so that was done over a couple of weeks, I would say. However, the timeline um, in us finding out that, okay, the vaccine is here and we'll all need to begin was almost overnight. And so we had to um, come up with a plan B. Unfortunate um, for us, our materials were, uh, um, came from UNICEF and um, um, WHO. And because of that, we were able to use the resources from the WHO um, to do an online training that they had with our staff. And we just required that they um, pass the, the, the course with at least 80% um, in order for us to roll out. And so we weren't able to use the material at the time, but we had a plan B. Um, but our colleagues from the Department of um, Public Health, they, they um, began uh, their training because of course they had a little bit more time. And so um, that was a very um, exciting time, um, but a very um, important time for us. Um, because we've now uh, on our second phase of our vaccine rollout to an, a different group of persons because we started with the elderly, um, our police officers and all of the other uniform branches. And so um, now we are on our second phase and um, we're doing pretty good. Good stuff, good stuff. Femi, I know that prior to the pandemic, there wasn't a Femi podcast. So during this time, you have created a podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about the podcast? And also, what have you learned during this time? Mic check, mic check, mic check. <laughs> mic check. Um, okay, so wow, that's an amazing question. I don't know if anyone has seen this movie, Contagion, or any of the movies about pandemics. And one of the things this has taught me very quickly is, life is stranger than fiction. Sometimes you see some of these things and you think they can't happen. I remember sometime in March last year, I was in LA for a course. And if everyone remembers, the news started changing really quickly. Like they're gonna lock the country down. Everyone has to leave. And we all rushed to the airport and it was like a scene out of the movies. People were screaming, fighting to get a ticket to get back to their countries. And it just felt so strange, like this is really happening. So one of the things I learned on a personal level was anything can happen. That we've got so used to being comfortable of living a life of wake up, go to work, come home, that we didn't realize this could happen. But this has opened my eyes to make me realize, number one, anything can happen. But number two, when the people come together to achieve something, anything is possible, just like with this pandemic. And that's one of the things I've learned. So for me, the podcast was something I started. So just to talk about the podcast a bit, the podcast is really about, it's called the You Unleashed podcast with Femi Akinyemi. And it's about, as the name says, You Unleashed. And it's, I want everyone to think about what would your life be like if you could live the way you truly wanted, however you wanted you, operating in your maximum ability. And whenever I ask people that question, they just close their eyes and smile. They say, I wake up early in the morning, I go for a nice walk, 
I, I work out, I find some time to meditate or pray, then I go to meeting, handle some meetings, I do the things I love, then I spend some time with my family, then I do this and I say, that is the life, why can't you have it? And what this podcast is about is sitting with people like you, James, who, Dr. Jim, who've come and shared that wisdom about how people can become their best. And that's Absolutely. what this podcast is about. And that's what this pandemic did. So for me, it opened an opportunity. Mm. Before the pandemic, I had the podcast, but it would take weeks and weeks to get a guest speaker to come on my show. Because now I would just so send days. an email and everyone is thinking, how can I build my online brand? How can I become an online presence? So literally people that would not give me the time of the day we're answering back saying, yeah, Femi, I can meet you. Femi, I can meet you. And we can all see there were Zoom calls and webinars everywhere. And that's because everyone was thinking, how can I stay busy? So the podcast just exploded because we had people who wanted to come on the show and share their wisdom, wanted to give back. Because most of the time they didn't want money. They just wanted a platform to give back. Platform, exposure, and thank you for having me on the show. It was a wonderful time. No, yeah. Yeah. And I think for what it's been like in the UK, very quickly, I think one of the things for, for us. Oh, oh, so Femi said, you didn't ask me that question. I'm going to answer it anyway. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say very quickly, we had the full lockdown. We had the full lockdown. And one of the things we learned very quickly is the importance of mental health. Everyone started to realize that because you wake up in the morning, you can go for, you go to work. The commute and talking with people at work, it is a form of doing the right things mentally because you're socially relating with people. You're having a commute where you have time to yourself. And because we had none of that, people realized mental health was important, is important. And people really started to take mental health important, got fitter, they started to appreciate relationships, people they took for granted, they started to realize even though I don't like this person, it's better to have someone I don't like who I can talk to than have nobody at all. And that's the kind of thing. So um, that was um, me, yeah. I'm checking you out. Femi taking over the show. Go Femi, go Femi. <laughs> Force of Habits podcast host. It is. It is. I, love you. I love you, bro, I love you. Peter, you and I met for the first time, I believe it was 2014 in uh, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Uh, I I'm thrilled that you're one of our, our frequent viewers to the show. We're 12 hours apart, but you're still there to check us out. Uh, what's happening in your life these days um, and how has the pandemic impacted you? Uh, well, at my end, back in Malaysia, we, uh, well, it was caught off guard as a word because uh, in the past we had a couple of uh, turmoils, I would say the word, where there's got to do something to do with the health. But this became not only health, it also striked on the economy part of it. See, this is where we begin to look at situations like, for example, uh, if we were cornered. And once we were caught on that thing, the mindset crept in, the fear came in. What should we do next? You know, is this something that we can overcome? So on my part, uh, when I, uh, being a corporate guy in the past and even thereafter, when I started doing some corporate training, I was on the air traveling most of the time. And when I was stationed, I, I just felt that, you know, is this the end of the world? You know, there's nothing you can do. But the beauty is that I began to look a lot into self-acceptance. What can I do next? 
At the same time, you find that uh, socializing came in the picture. I could spend more time with the wife. And this is the time where I could even explore my own garden. I didn't even walk around and, and find out what are things around the garden as well. So it's like you're pushed to the corner. At the same time, I begin to look at self-worth. What could I do next? I know nothing goes on because uh, the government came a slam that there's no more uh, uh, public gathering, no more training, nothing should be done. And for me, for a guy who was more like a stand-up comedian, I need to meet people when I talk. <laughs> yes. And you ask me to sit down and talk to a, a, what you call audio, that's it, that's not me. But what happened is this, I begin to look at it, I said, well, that is going to be the range now. And that's a channel of movement you got to go. So this is where it dawned on me, the self-worth. I'm an old dog. I better learn how to learn some new tricks. Sure, sure. Peter, what has worked for me during this time? A couple of things. One, I said, with regard to the virtual work, pretend like I'm doing an audio book and recording an audio book and I can't see the readers. So to bring that enthusiasm to the camera. Number two, I know TV journalists, the folks who report the news, they look into a camera every single day. They're not talking to the, an audience in the, in, the, in the room with them. They're talking to a camera and you feel like they're talking right to you. So those two factors have played a role in me making the pivot to the camera. Peter, I'm gonna show a couple pictures. I want the audience to check these out. I want you to speak to what's happening in both of these pictures. Uh, so give us a second. We're going to put them on. For those of you who are listening podcasts, uh, Peter's going to describe specifically what's happening here. Okay, this is where we were allowed to go into classroom training, but strictly with the standard operating procedures where uh, everyone, the distancing part of it is going to be there and a little bit of isolation, sitting movement part of it. And so we carried on. And there was a big relief where when the government allowed us to do this. So then you find the learning still takes place. And that was not too long, just a matter of three months, we went back to a real strict lockdown again, one more time. I, I see yeah. round tables, three people to a table. Everyone, right. has, a everyone has a mask on. How about, right. how about the next picture? What's, what's happening here? Okay, that didn't even stop us because on the religious aspect, uh, well, I decided that I should even contribute something I can do. So uh, we didn't want to deprive people uh, to, come, to come to congregate in our local community church. We decided to open it up as well because I do serve in a church as well as a volunteer. Uh, we said, why not? But except provided we have a little bit of social distancing part of it, we can still honor that they are together in a proper mass. So in the past there where we'll have a, say a thousand packs, we decided to streamline only for hundred, which they can still congregate but no uh, social communication except to be with God. Wow, 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 good stuff, good stuff, thank you. Mags, um, you, you're my, probably the most energized, risk-taking, out there foodie person that I know. Dur during this time of pandemic, what keeps you going? And as you talk about what has kept you going, can you share some of the most memorable moments you've had in this journey called life? Right. I think what really kept me going, Dr. James, is my love for coffee. <laughs> I, I just focus on the food. Like every month I would try out a new recipe. I would just focus on the things that I can control. There are far too many things that is out of control out there in the world. 
and I try to learn new recipes to cook them for my family and my friends. And I think one of the most important thing that, you know, like this journey of life that has really taught me, basically I go on trips that I don't plan for. I would book myself on a trip and I would just head off to like Siberia, North Korea, Peru. And then I would realize like, oh, I'm not prepared. What do I do now? I need to make an agile pivot. I need to make an agile turn. My luggage got robbed in, um, on the transit from like Peru to like Bolivia. And then my bus got stalled and I was robbed in Mongolia as well. So what do you do at those moments, right? You really have to look at what can you control? What are you able to accept? And then look at a way of making the turns that you really want to see the outcomes that you want. So, so that's what I basically did with like the pandemic. I just told myself, like, look at the instant immediate term, what can you do? And then on the longer term range, consider what do you also want to achieve? So in this whole entire time, I basically make myself learn new things every month. Well, not just recipes, all right? Like I go <laughs> onto online learning, I would take up like online courses and I would explore new things that would make me excited about living the life that I want to because those are the things that I know I can do. And yeah. I think that it has really aided a lot in like have, having the self-care, the yeah. self-prioritization, and that helps to keep perspective amongst everything else that's just gone like nuts. When you told me you went to North Korea, I'm like, what? What? One of those... Oh. Don't, don't even tell me about North Korea. It was the only place where even though I brought like a lot of money, I couldn't buy food, all right? Wow. So I was really sad. Wow. Well, you, we both mentioned that you're a foodie. I think we have a few pictures of you doing you. I believe we have one with you. It looks like friends and family members celebrating a mud crab. Talk to us, uh, Max. Yeah. So I, these are, these are like my sisters, they're actually my colleagues and we have always loved working together. And during this time of the pandemic, we got even closer. So they are actually called the Siham sisters. So we bonded together because of food and all of us love seafood, just like you love seafood together with me. And obviously I know you featured the crab because that's your favorite. <laughs> so this is a local dish and the mud crab is actually very um, well, um, you know, like, well stocked up all over Singapore. And it's one of the go-to dishes that, that I love. So hopefully anytime that your viewers are able to come over here, you would connect them with me and we could go eat together. Oh, when, when, when I was in Singapore, you and I, we ate very, very well. You, <laughs> <laughs> you knew exactly what, what to give us here. And you look pretty, oh, happy. Yes. You look pretty happy right there, right? Yes, yes. And it's a sense picture, of security. <laughs> the bottom picture, you look a little full. <laughs> yeah, those yeah. are good times. We have a question in the chat room that's, that's for everyone. It says, for all the panelists, how do you see your professional life changing when things open up? When things, when things open up, do you anticipate going back to the way you previously operated? Uh, how about you, Ray? What do you think? Let's start with you and whoever else wants to take a stab at that. Um, how do you see your professional life changing when things open up? And do you anticipate going back to the way it once was? 
Well, I think that uh, uh, if 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 I, if I look at the at the work I do now, uh, I, I try to go to work uh, every day because our office building is 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 big enough to uh, to have enough space and uh, not too much connected with each other. So that that's that's really okay. So uh, what I see now is that our consultants uh, they're all working from out of home uh, because that's the government advice, but. I, I think that when this pandemic is over, uh, I think it will going to be a 50-50 way. So people will okay. will probably work two or three days at the office. Uh, and the difference will be that uh, people will travel less, uh, uh, I think, and they will will be at the office just for meeting each other and speak to each other for, for stuff where, where it's necessary to feel each other's energy and and to brainstorm and etc. If I look at training, uh, and I heard uh, Peter say it also, I, I'm I'm not the man from the camera. Uh, uh, I, I'm I'm from the energy. I must I must feel what's coming on. So I, I did. I think I did two workshops now uh, behind, but but I stopped it. So I, I only do uh, uh, workshops in, in class. I I, I want to feel. I must feel the energy. I must feel the people. So if you say if you're going back, uh, yeah, yeah, immediately. So when it go, goes open, uh, uh, I will will be back in class. So um, I think I, I will be. Uh, I, th I think it will be back just like it was before. But uh, I will make some. I make. I will make some changes, and at least travel less. I think. Yeah. How about, how about you, Andrews? I, I know you. Uh, you're training whisperer. You've pivoted to the virtual stage communications. What are your thoughts about the question in the chat room as well as since Ray talked about wanting to be in front of people? How about you? Yeah, I, I will definitely not go back uh, because uh, uh, the winters in Sweden are really, really dark and cold. So uh, we will uh, um, move during winter to Spain and I will continue working uh, virtual with, with most of my clients. Uh, there are so many advantages I have found uh, working like this. Uh, a meeting like we have right now was very difficult to set up before the pandemic. Now we, we can easily uh, get good people together and have uh, great discussions. And, and I will definitely use that. And I'm sure many of my client companies also will give the opportunity for their employees to, to choose whether they would like to work from home or, or come back to the office branches. So uh, I will definitely take advantage of the new stuff that I have learned. Because uh, as Mag was telling, uh, I have understood for myself that, that uh, the time that we are traveling, commuting or whatever, if we can use that, uh, in my case, learning new stuff. So I, I've learned how to, to shoot videos. I've learned something about artificial intelligence. Mm. I am, of course, studying Spanish language. So there, there are lots of goodies as well in this new way of living. Love it. Patricia, how has the pandemic impacted your training activities at Princess Margaret? So um, let me first say that it it really um, challenged us as uh, a department because um, we never really worked from home. We, we were at work um, throughout the, the pandemic. Um, my office is a little distance from the main hospital. So um, my interaction um, with, with the clinical area was limited. 
However, we've gone, we went fully virtual last year. And even though I too like to feel the energy, um, being working virtually and, and having your classes and, and, and presenting virtually um, kind of challenges to find other ways of getting the energy. And so we had to now look at uh, other apps like Kahoot and uh, Menti and Jamboard and other things that can now um, have our uh, participants more engaged. And so you work a bit harder um, virtually because you don't, you're not face to face with your audience. Um, but it also challenged you as a professional to come up with ways to ensure that your, your, your audience is getting they, what they need from, uh, from your presentation. So I think um, on one side, I do appreciate um, this pandemic because it's pulling out, it's stretching you as a professional yes. and pulling out all of those um, um, creative side of you so that you can um, you know, be able to say, you know, I can do this face-to-face -face and I can work virtually. Um, so yeah, I think it, 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 was, it was a challenge, but it was a good challenge. A big time challenge for me. The first six months or so during the pandemic, uh, there was no work. Uh, like Ray, everything I did, I did face to face. And clients weren't rushing to bring consultants in to do the work. So as you said, Patricia, we, we had to stretch in order to reinvent ourselves to still bring value. There's a question in the chat room, and I, and I like uh, Peter and Femi to take a stab at it. It says, how do you stay motivated in this current situation and relevant in your career at work when everyone's trying to be noticed and staying at the top of your game? How do you stand out? So again, how do you stay motivated in this current situation and relevant in your career? Um, everyone's trying to stand out. Everyone's attempting to get to the top of their game. How do you stand out? I want to ask Peter first and then Femi, I'd like for you to take a stab at it. Uh, well, at my end, or rather for me, is more like um, to really keep it going, especially now we've got two phones. I, I, I can do a live talk. At the same time, I can do an online talk. And uh, having learned nice. some new tools, I want to put it to good use because that has pushed me to the corner. Is it? And at the same time, I feel good within. At my age, is more like being a child has got a new toy to play with. I love it. And, and, and that keeps me going as well. So that's more like a self-motivation as well. And looking a bit deeper, what kind of self-worth and self-acceptance I could bring it to the people outside. That's one way to go on with that. And mm -hmm. uh, like what I preach about uh, before Kung Fu Fighter leaves, I got to transfer all my skills that I know. And that's putting me on the track to keep it uh, motivated. At the same time, the, uh, garnering people willing to listen, being a coach, People are willing to listen, your past experience part of it. Yeah. I mean, talking about going through pandemic, we all gone through some kind of form of challenges. But like I said earlier, in the past, it's always go through the health. So now it's a big wham. We got a health and economy together. We jammed up, fear gripped in. So now we need to look at it and said, what can we actually adopt and keep going with it? I love it, I love it. Why don't you take a step at the question? in terms of standing out during this time? So this is one of the things I always tell people is one of the things we've learned from the pandemic is most of people are not as clever as you think they are. 
And certainly some of these governments and leaders that we, we deify and we bow down to and think the government is in control. What we found out is that a lot of these people are mortal beings. They mm -hmm. make mistakes just like us. And because you see them in a nice suit in TV leading governments, they are, when they're faced with uncertainty, just like us, they struggle. Just like us, they don't know what to do. But maybe unlike some of us, they're better at blagging. They're better at pretending as if they know what they're doing. But the more the situation got worse, it was obvious they didn't know. And in some cases, they were making it up. It's only now that we know so much more about the pandemic that there's a bit more confidence in the steps they're taking. Now, what I'm trying to say here is one of the mistakes I, I made in my career and a lot of us make is we overestimate other people and underestimate ourselves. Mm, that's hot, that's hot, that's hot. And what I mean to say is that we need to start to see ourselves as problem hunters and problem solvers. If you want to be relevant in your organization, go and start looking for problems to solve because the pandemic has shown that there are problems to solve everywhere. The simplest example, one of the companies I was working for when the pandemic started, people did not know how to use Microsoft Teams. It was people coming up and saying, this is how you use it. And that person from being quote unquote, an IT nobody became a God. Everybody was looking for that person. They became relevant. So we have to look for within our industries, within our companies, hunt for the problem. There are problems to be solved and be the problem solver. If you can't solve it, get a team together, do something that makes you look like at least get it rolling that you can, you can solve it. That's what the world is looking for. Your, your advice is spot on, uh, become a problem solver. Ray, I think I've known you and Anders the longest, and that's over 20 years. We met, just like Anders, at the ASTD conference, and you. you've been my brother ever since, and, and I'm probably as close to you as I'm close to any other, uh, someone that means, means a lot to me, but I've always known you to be a fighter, creative, get things done. Um, we'll show some pictures of you that really reflect on what you've done, where you've been. And I want to learn more about that fighting spirit that you're using right now to break through what's happening. Look at Ray. Oh. Look at Ray. Talk about this. Talk about this. Well, well this is uh, 32 years ago uh, uh, when I was uh, still thinking about be becoming a professional fighter at that time. Um, I'm still I'm still training and fighting and teaching uh, uh, people how to fight, but it's more uh, hobby wise. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, we have, but we have what it, more pictures for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what it what it gave to me is that uh, uh, if you if you want to achieve something, you always have to do you always have to do a little bit more than the rest. And I think that's that's the, if you have an eight hour. I remember when I started in sales, we had uh, an eight hour day, and I always started an hour earlier and ended an hour hour later, which means you have twenty five percent more capacity, uh, which must bring you success because if you put a lot in, you also get a lot out, and that, that's also with, with with training. If you want to be a winner, you have to work hard uh, because. Uh, some, I mean, there are some people who are lucky, but most of us, we, we really have to have to do a lot to to achieve something or to to come somewhere. 
Yeah. And uh, I think I think the, the big difference is is that a lot of people think about uh, about a lot of stuff, uh, but how to bring it from thinking to doing, that's 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 probably uh, the difference between doing nothing or a lot. That's good. That's good. Thank you, Anders. Did you have any fear at all during this time? Was that any at one point were you afraid of anything or concerned about your future? Were you ever there? You mean during this pandemic year? Yeah, yeah. Never for a second, never for a second, because uh, I know one day I will die. And I don't know if that will happen tomorrow or in 20 years from now. So I'm not worrying about, I'm never worried about the future. And the reason I think is that I have always been helped uh, through my network, my friends, my colleagues. There has always been good people around me that have sorted out my problems. And I never went to North Korea. I never been, uh, always been able to, to feed myself. So, so uh, no, not worried at all. All right, all right. How about you, Max? Any fear at all during this time? Uh, well, I'm going to be a little bit shallow, Dr. Smith. Um, well, I, I, I kind of thought that I'm going to be slimmer by the end of the pandemic. Well, that hasn't really worked out, has it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think there wasn't really a fear um, because I believe that as mankind and as people that we all are, we are always aiming for like, where can we do better? What can we learn? How do we develop ourselves even more? And I think that a lot of people actually discover about themselves that during this period of time, just like what Femi and everyone else on this panel are talking about, we've developed this thing called resilience. We've developed this thing called grief. And that is what is going to make us even better, stronger, and it's gonna cause us to rise even higher. And I truly believe that, you know, where every one of us are gathered here today, that is the one single most important thing that is going to determine success in life. This is what we bring with us, regardless of job, regardless of task, and regardless of life. Good stuff, good stuff. Peter and Anders, I want you to, and Patricia, take a stab at this. What do you tell leaders going forward? Whether leaders in big companies, leaders who are starting their own companies, after this, from a, from a, a place of, of managing people, developing people, leading from a distance, and in person. What do you tell leaders, Peter? Well, uh, some of the leaders coaching they've done is that, well, I, I tell them to look out into a bigger scale of movements in terms of approaches. Uh, in the past, if you're only looking at one area of uh, exposure of social, now you do, do, a, do a widespread, especially on social media and things like that. At the same time, I begin to tell them that, uh, make some constant reminders to your clients, what are you best at? Mm. That's one way you can spark out something to move on as well. At the same time, to be a little bit cautious, I always tell them, I said, whatever you do, ensure that there's a calculated risk. Because you know you don't want to get into a trap on a financial and a mental state as well is going to affect you. That's good. Anders, you want to take a step? Yeah, in some management teams, they are now discussing the leaders among themselves. Are we going to allow people to work from home or are we going to allow people to come back to the office and how are we going to organize it? 
And they are missing out that that is not really their problem any longer because their employees has now worked for one year or more uh, on a distance mm -hmm. and they have uh, understood what they are good at and maybe they would like to work from a distance uh, or, or come back to the office. But more important, they now understand that if they can work from a distance, they can work with any employee, with any company in the world. So suddenly the, the, your employees are maybe looking to the right and looking to the left for, for new uh, opportunities. So you need now as a leader to really, really ask your employees how they would like to um, add to the work in your company. You, you must be very empathetic and listening very carefully to your employees because they have learned new skills during this year. Patricia, how about you? Well, I would tell our leaders to um, develop your people and develop yourself. Uh, this is a, 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 the best time to even think about rebranding yourself, you know, um, diversifying your, your skill set, because, you know, this type of change, even though change is constant, this type of change um, was a change that we've, we've never even anticipated. But it taught us a lot. And so I would say it, this was a good time for us to, you know, assess what we, what we have going good for ourselves and see how we can, you know, take on some things that is going to develop us even more um, because, you know, there's so much uncertainty, you know. Um, and so that, that would be my advice to leaders. Thank you. Thank you. Here's a question in the chat room. Uh, whoever wants to take it on, let me know. It says, good question. I'm sorry. It says, has the pandemic become so politicized in your part of the world as it, here, as it is here in the United States? Who wants, who wants to take that one on? I see people thinking. Hmm, hmm. Well, I think for... I, yeah, I think Patricia for, and then Anders, yeah. Okay, I think for, for us in the Bahamas, um, we're close to another election year, mm -hmm. which is, is next year. And so I believe the, the government is guarded with some of the decisions they're making. Um, and that may not be good because uh, at, at the beginning, you know, we had uh, partial lockdowns, um, full lockdowns, uh, you know, what we took for granted, like going to the food store, even going to the, the gas station became a precious, uh, you know, um, activity for us. Um, and the citizens were, you know, complaining and griping. And, and now uh, we have, a, we're on our third wave. It's not to the point um, of a major concern, but um, even we as um, you know, citizens thought that the government would have shut down at, at certain points and we're rushing to the food store and it didn't happen, you know? And so, you know, you're thinking, was that a good idea not to lock down? Um, and you see the, the um, numbers are increasing, but we're, we're fully open. You know, our borders are fully open. Our, our hotels are open, um, but I think because uh, of the upcoming election, um, some decisions may not be made that should be made. Got it, got it. Anders, how about you? You were going to chime in? Yes, in, in Sweden, in the beginning of the pandemic, 
the, the politicians stepped back and, and allowed the, the uh, health care and medicine expertise to, to decide what to do. And they were uh, little criticized for that mm -hmm. because in most other countries in Europe, the, the government, the politicians were very strong and acted like lockdown and, and, and regulations and, 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 and things like that. So in the later part of the pandemic, the Swedish government, the politicians had to step in and start making decisions. And now it suddenly is a very politicized debate because they are of course no expert in, in, in this. As wow. wow, I can't believe we're almost at one o'clock. This oh. has flown by, flown by. What I'd like to do though, is typically at this point, we ask for our guests to give a 30 second inspirational keynote call to action that our viewers could take advantage of. Well, we have six guests, we wouldn't get through. So I'm gonna ask you 10 to 15 seconds. Words I can of do encouragement, it thoughts, how's that for being a trainer? Femi, why don't you get us started? Some words of encouragement, uh, 10 to 15 seconds for our guests, our listeners. What are your thoughts going forward? So this is what I would say. What we have learned is that done is better than perfect. Now that's what the motto of my perfect, of my podcast, done is better than perfect. So whatever it is you do, just start and start ugly. And whatever you do, just do it. Stop trying to wait for perfection. We know now there's too much uncertainty. Get going, start. Anything you want to do, start. And you'll get better as you go along. Bam, drop the mic. Max, how about you? I would say living your best life requires only you. And that if you focus on just you, you are going to make a big difference in the post-pandemic world. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Peter. Okay, what I'll look at is more like a strategic map for 2021 and looking at what you, uh, in terms of self-worth and acceptance part of it, a, a quick snapshot. Uh, things are all beyond control, what's happening now. So whatever is happening quickly, adapt it. Because there's, there's nothing you can do about it now. Just got to go with it. And ultimately adopt something is going to be very comfortable to you to keep you moving as well. I love it. And I getting that it. together, apply it. So once you get that done, you're on the move. And you have no time to think about what's happening now. Boom. Start. Apply. Love it. Patricia, how about you? Change will happen. Um, embrace it. Um, use the opportunity to reinvent yourself, assess yourself, and take advantage of all of those things that are, that are out there um, that can help to strengthen you as a, as a professional. Love it, love it. Ray, 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 what fighting words do you have for us? Well, for me, I think it's all about connection. Uh, it was before the pandemic, but it is now also. It's all about connection. And I think everything uh, uh, other that matters, we, we just bring it to it, but it's about connection. So uh, stay positive, uh, uh, be happy every day, stay healthy and, uh, and be connected to everyone. Uh, uh, that you that you love. I think that's the most important. And then the rest will come by itself. I love it. Anders, bring us home. And before the pandemic, many people said change in our company, in our society is very slow. People are very re reluctant to change. They are wrong. They are proven wrong. Because if people uh, understand that they have to change, they will change. So change is possible. They say that... Uh change and breathing have a lot in common. If you're not doing either, you're probably not alive. So we have learned to adapt 
to change and we have to continue to do so. Again, before the show, I was getting all misty, having a tissue issue thinking about you because I love you. Uh, you all have come into my life at a different point and Raymond talked about connections. You're here because of our connection and our connect connections go stronger and stronger as the years go by. Think about what our international family members shared with us today. A lot of powerful words, a lot of deep thoughts, but they're making it happen. They're not watching it happen. How about you? You watching it or making it happen? We'll see you next week. You've just been Jimpacted. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.